and welcome to Crafts and Crime. I'm Amy. I'm Elaine. And as always, we have a craft and a crime. We sure do. And this comes out, this is the new year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So happy new year. Yay. I think it's what, the day after? Is new year's on a Monday? I think so this year. Mm. Yes, that's why the kids have extra time off because yeah. they didn't want them to have, like, because New Year's Day is a Monday. Yeah. So mm. happy new year. Yay. That's awesome. So hope you had fun and it was, hope you had fun and it was safe. Yeah. And, um, yeah, as you can hear, <laughs> I sound like a prepubescent boy. <laughs> we have been sick from, as a time of recording, I think, I think it was two things. I think we got sick with one, one thing, thing and, then, and then it was immediately into something else. Probably. And I am never bronchial and this is killing Oops, me. I literally cough so much. I pulled a muscle in my back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and I've thrown my back out before just like you have and so it scared me but I just heard it I just strained a muscle and <laughs> when I was like 18 or 19 I had bronchitis really bad one time I think I've had bronchitis like four times in my life not uh-huh. a lot and I freaking coughed till I got a hernia yeah that's <laughs> so crazy I, was like, I always get injured <laughs> I've thrown my back out sneezing Oh my like, God. but that scares me so bad. I've thrown my back out a few times. I remember the first time I ever did it. It was Mother's Day, <laughs> and so sad. I we were under forty. Yeah, it was Mother's Day, <laughs> and Avery was like a baby because she was still in a in a car seat, but mm-hmm. not like the carry car seat. So I think she was like a year oh, okay. old. So she yeah. was in like the convertible car seat. And this is when I had the oh, small about the it. small um, BMW, the convertible, the oh four my seat, God. the four seater. Yeah, I had a. <laughs> an old one yeah we know um, your pain because we made the mistake we have a sports car mm-hmm. that does not have back doors and we mm-hmm. had booster seats in there yeah. i drove that bmw for like forever it was cute. and i had two kids i had yeah, troy and avery but it could only fit me jack troy and avery <laughs> and that's it mm-hmm. um there was not like put groceries at your feet <laughs> no i actually made it all the way from ikea home nice. uh here in this city mm-hmm. when, we, when we lived at the apartment mm-hmm. um or no it was when we lived here oh okay yes it was when we lived here in this I house and um i made it with two bed frames in that small car oh sticking out the window they do really like it stuck out like this thing so well too yeah so um i made it happen and i did costco trips in that car and it had mm-hmm. a small trunk but <laughs> Um, yeah, so we I got distracted. I was totally distracted. <laughs> this is car. another part. I'm a, I have mom on cough medicine. <laughs> I got brain dose fog. Of ibuprofen. <laughs> um, you threw but your back no, out. So it was a little, yeah, it's a little car, you know, two door convertible mm-hmm. car. And so I'm yeah. <laughs> reaching down to put Avery in her car seat. Mm-hmm. And my back, it's not funny. I'm my sorry. back, like spasmed oh, up. Yeah, and I froze, and it freaked Avery out. And she grabbed my necklace, and it broke. And oh, it was no. like this was, you know, er, well, not early two thousand. Eh, you know how old she is, but um, <laughs> so twenty ten. You know, well, she was. Born it's okay. <laughs> um, the the teen eras of the uh, of the two thousands. Um. And it was like I had a big like beaded necklace, like you know, when those were all chunky necklaces. Yeah, and, oh, it went all over the parking lot. Oh no! And I was just like, oh my gosh! And so, um, the car actually two had after another heaters. Yes, and so, so I turned oh my God, the back Volkswagen. He- yes, Beetle I turned the back like- heater <laughs> on. Nice. All the way to my mom's house, and and I was like, "I'm sorry, I threw out my back." That sucks. It sucks but, so bad, and, and it's always the then, simplest thing. Yeah. Yep. I threw mine out literally right after, I think, my youngest was 
it was right before we moved into our first apartment together mm-hmm. and you were helping me pack up and I was yep. like, my back because yeah. I heard it like a week and a half before I threw my back out leaning over. I mean, she was a chubba baby, yeah, but she was. Um, I wasn't, I still wasn't used to lifting up that kind of weight. Yeah. So, so. I, <laughs> I just lifted her up. Yeah. I lifted her up out of one of those little saucer play things. And I, I picked it up and I, I picked it up. <laughs> picked her I up. picked her up and she didn't even kick her little legs or anything like that. It wasn't mm-hmm. like she made a jerking motion. No. I was just not strong. And it threw it out and I was like, oh, and I yeah. was literally had to like <laughs> toss her on yeah. my bed. Like she knew it was like, she was like, yeah, but I was like, huh. and luckily it was like my room was so small that it was like three inches you know she yeah. was gonna make it but holy shit it was so bad and yeah, yeah. ever since then it gets all, hurt so easy all you young people enjoy your backs now while you Seriously. can because once you throw it out once then it happens a lot more often even if you're middle-aged or older if you do not have back problems oh, bless your so heart lucky. so yeah yeah my Seriously. mom um <laughs> my mom threw out her back really bad one time um and it just kept happening after that and i know stress can because it makes contri- it tense all the time yeah because so inflammation around the area that's already messed up mm-hmm. and sure. so it's like you can tell when you have a weak back and like oh remember when i like threw my back out twisting on my couch doing laundry yeah. i twisted to the left to put a towel next to me and my whole back spasm attention and yeah so another thing too is like with our workouts we need to integrate um like core mm-hmm, and back strength mm-hmm. and then that will help us stabilize all those muscles <clears throat> to keep yeah i have something i never got diastasis recti from having a baby i, did. I know so many women who <laughs> I have, did have i didn't but what i got was flared ribs that never went down mm, yeah so um i will bend over and let's be real, chubby or not, if you bend over a certain way, your rolls roll because we have uh-huh. flesh. Yeah. And so it'll pinch up and I got a little around here <laughs> and it'll like pinch up and jam a rib out of place. Like, uh, and I'll feel it. Clunk, clunk, and it is, it's like painful, but it's also nasty. And you can yeah. dislocate the well, cartilage like, of a rib. That's like, didn't your mom, what, she popped a rib out or whatever when she was here that one time? And no, leaned she over the, leaned over the couch and fractured three fractured, of her ribs. That's what it yeah. was. That's yeah, because crazy. our family has... um like osteoporosis really bad mm-hmm. it's like something really common and then the shitty thing is if you take a lot of calcium and vitamin d mm-hmm. you make too much and then you can have extra bone growth that like bone spurs and all this yeah. nonsense. so it's like that's crazy there's barely any in between sorry yeah, but like, i know <laughs> we're both like pretty like <laughs> falling while apart. we believe in science we're like okay so just go outside but yeah <laughs> it really you know it's a lot of needing to get natural sunlight yeah helps our bones a lot well more than the and then i have my knee problem i <laughs> my gosh merry I, like, christmas happy new year we're <laughs> we're falling, falling apart, apart. <laughs> um yeah i dislocated my knee and hyperextended it um and it's not funny i'm just like my left my left knee and uh it kept trying to slip out so i had to wear a knee brace for like months yeah and like the one with the metal yeah um, hinge in it did it have the little patella stabilizer oh that makes me yeah and it was like big it was like a big gel uh-huh. like ring that goes around your <laughs> kneecap your and knee. then it had hinges in the side nice here bionic. but it was big it was like from my shin bionic to my woman thigh. leg yeah. <laughs> and um oh i had to wear that thing forever and ever oh. since then my knee's just never been the same yeah. I, it's it sucks. weak i can tell yeah. when the storm's coming for sure my you knee, can oh it's if you've never no nope. 
like dislocated anything. No. Oh, if you've never broken oh, a bone. I've never broken a bone. You, oh, no, wait. No, um, I broke my toe. <laughs> but that's the thing that like if you've never broken a bone. See, I haven't mm-hmm. broken a bone outside of that. Yeah. So because like I've broken a couple toes. Mm-hmm. Um, But that hurts forever. Yeah. You're like almost never the same. I know. Jack's it'll toe ache, is it'll... still oh, messed God, up. I totally forgot. It's so gross. That poor thing. That sucks. It's really At least bad. toes come back. <laughs> I know. But oh, I'm like. Yeah. Sorry, so, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Our broken backs are broken knees and broken toes. We're all I think a lot apart. of it is and just like it's cooling down here. Yeah. And we're going to start feeling it. Yeah. Like it's sunny, but the evenings are going to get like one of the evenings coming up this next week is going to be 41, mm. which is bananas for us. Yeah. Like this time of year, that is insane. And they're talking about like, if you believe in that stuff, which I totally do, animals are acting weird. They're mm-hmm. molting in weird schedules. Mm-hmm. Like, I have so many chicken feathers all over the I coop. do too. Especially because it was really windy. And yeah. They, like, exploded everywhere. In oh the my wind, gosh. We got some crazy it, winds. It, it was like unprecedented levels what the news was oh, saying. Oh, my entire rabbit um, pop-up for, that I have oh, over my rabbits right. is completely mm-hmm. destroyed. And One then of it was my, like, my tarps is mm-hmm. completely shredded. I have two on mine because mine's longer, mm-hmm. but I have two. And it was because the wire was like scraping. Yeah. And so it wasn't technically the wind, but it didn't help. And it like shredded it apart. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my The tarp over my chicken run was like flapping. Oh, by the like, way, this was a very warm wind. Yes, it was not it cold. Was. I was afraid we were going to get fires or power outages. Exactly. Yeah. And Jack said there was when he was driving home mm-hmm. and he had to go somewhere um that day do a couple errands or something he was like mm. a lot of the city doesn't have power and yeah, there were trees all over me. and that was like when i came my over, yard I was like, there's so many sticks in I your yard i was literally <laughs> sitting on the stairs um this morning and i was looking around and i was like those are some good sticks <laughs> i'm gonna pick stick. them up i know i tripped <laughs> i almost tripped on one i was like man that's a good that's stick. A good, <laughs> there's a lot of really good sticks and i like making little so like i made like a funny little um little blair witch epitaph thingy mm-hmm. and it's um like really really <laughs> so it looks exact and yeah it's freaked out a bunch of people but i'm like dude it's real come on yeah. but um <laughs> little things like that are so cute and when you have like perfect sticks it's mm-hmm. silly because people will spend money buying perfect sticks for like traditional looking crafts and stuff and for whatever reason these trees we have yeah. lining our entire street have like the best sticks. really good sticks <laughs> Well, that's like this stick that I have for my uh, macrame thing, my feathers or leaves or whatever, feathers. Yeah. Um, That's just a good stick from my backyard. I literally had Jack cut it off of a tree. That was, that's that's the one that caught fire. um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had a, we have a tree on the side of our house and it grew (laughs) up um, into the power lines. Which are everywhere because inner city, like Mm -hmm. you're in your backyard and you're like, Oh my God, my patio umbrella is going to hit this power line if I'm not careful. And it's hard because it's like, is that a power line? Is that a cable line? Is it like, you know, scary, but, um, (laughs) yeah. So this tree grew up into, um, the power line and I had to call the power company to come out because they will cut it down for free. Like they don't want to be sued. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I looked at it and I was like, Oh my gosh, the whole tree is charred. Like the uh, big section of it was charred black. (laughs) That's crazy. And so they sent someone out and they looked and they were like, oh, yeah. So this eventually would have caught completely. Yeah. And that is right. It's like touching our house. Yeah. You know, branches of it are. So, um, yeah, it was kind of scary. But I got that stick before they chopped it down. But did you see it? It's like grown back. Jack used to go out there and like finish cutting it before it gets it back up into the power lines. But, Mm -hmm. um, 
the cat's cat. It's always him. It's always somebody. He sleeps under the bed and then pops he out hears in the most us. inappropriate time. Yeah, he hears us and he's like, hey guys, what's up? Yeah. Okay, before <laughs> we get started, I have the funniest thing that happened. Cats. <laughs> Binks was really needy today and he wanted a bunch of attention and he kept bugging me and it's because he wanted to go outside. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go out the back door and he's the only cat we'll let pop out for just like a second and mm-hmm. then bring him back in. He And um, so... You know, he's very vocal, as you guys, you yeah, know. Yeah, I know. And he's really vocal. And so I was, he looked at me and he like meowed. And then I said, no, you can't go outside. And he went, why? <laughs> and I was like, because I don't want you out in the backyard. And he went, no. <laughs> it was creepy. Even Lenore was like, what? what the heck? <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. I okay. <laughs> Frankie talks a lot. Frankie. He does. Oh, they He's all scratching do. on the Calvin at right nighttime. Now. Oh my gosh, he was doing that this morning. I swear, my cats are so noisy, except for Kiki. She's only mm. noisy when she wants food. Okay, so <laughs> we'll just get into the. It's craft. a long episode today. I yes. Think. So happy New Year! Yay! Here's your content you've been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> we do hope you like the last two. That was a little. Oh yeah. Well, the last one specifically. <laughs> um. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so we're getting back into the crafts and the crimes. So I'm so interested in what your craft is because it, you said it was like so long. long because <laughs> there's so much information. So mm. the last craft craft that I did was um, the uh, glass etching. Yes. Because I did, you know, the wine glasses I'm and excited. stuff. So today I'm doing glass engraving. Okay. So there's a lot of information. I found myself writing it like a report so i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) because it's just the school part in my brain of like i gotta get all the facts and i gotta write up all this information so that's why i was like oh my gosh it's so long i usually don't have my craft typed up this long but i also kind of like wrote it up in a anyway so (laughs) it's so glass engraving like i said in the glass etching episode it's different because glass etching uses chemicals something caustic to scratch away the surface glass Mm -hmm. engraving is exactly as it sounds it's you're engraving on glass using different techniques Mm -hmm. so there i'll go through some of the techniques so there's the hand engraving um technique so there's diamond point engraving and this uh uses like a diamond tip tool and you scratch onto the glass surface Mm -hmm. and um you can make like really precise lines because it's a fine point and you can uh, just the depth by the amount of pressure that you yeah. put. So uh, this is good for like really detailed designs, text, mm. fine patterns, and it just, it's really precise. That's then cool. you have copper wheel engraving mm. and it's uh, uses what it is, a copper wheel and it's rotated against the glass surface while um, abrasive materials like emery or pumice are applied to it. And you can once again control the depth and direction by, um, you know, just moving the copper wheel. And so it gives like really smooth patterns. Oh. Um, so this is good for like intricate designs, borders and re- repetitive um, oh, okay. patterns. Um, then you have sandblasting. So just like glass etching, sandblasting is in the engraving category as well. And so we've talked about that before. It's, you know, just you use a stencil or whatever mm-hmm. to protect the parts of the glass. You don't want the design to be, you know, um, or to help create the design and then that you just blast the, the right, abrasive beca- material. Beca- exactly, because it's abrasive versus a chemical agent. Yes, so okay, that's cool. why I mentioned it in the etching because mm-hmm. it is used in both. Because yeah, sandblasting right. you can use for an etched technique or mm-hmm. an engraved technique. Right. Because you can combine sandblasting in with 
the diamond point, you know, a hand tool or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then we have the more, obviously more recent times, contemporary mm-hmm. methods such as laser engraving. Um, so obviously, you know, it uses a laser and it um, it's controlled using obviously computer software mm-hmm. and you can make like really complex patterns. And the intensity of the laser, just like anything else, determines the depth. So, okay. um, and this is like, you can use this for anything really text three-dimensional designs all that so then you have rotary engraving and it's similar to the copper wheel because it's like a motorized tool that you know rotary engraving mm-hmm. uh tool um and so it grinds down and there's different like attachments too so um this is used in like mass production um oh, okay glass etching and then um so this is commonly used for creating patterns on glassware trophies and decorative items with like once again repetitive or intricate i swear that is the tip that's in the cricket maker is i think so yeah because like you have to when we had like mentioned that you like have to change out it's called the housing and you Mm -hmm. remove the tips and you can add them in for those different machines yeah i think you are right last time Uh it sounds so so familiar that one thing then (laughs) acid etching like we talked that is used in glass um uh so like I said, etching and sandblasting, it's all the same. I totally get it. You know. It's like saying it's <laughs> brogues and oxfords. They, um, I think it's a shoe can have a brogue pattern, but that doesn't make it an oxford. Mm-hmm. But, oh, wait. An oxford is an oxford with a brogue pattern. So brogue shoes are not always o- oxfords. Oxford. Yeah. <laughs> so Sorry. That was like- <laughs> etching is not always engraving and engraving mm-hmm. is not always etching it just depends the so, method that's used yes so and you can use them interchangeably yeah. you know so <laughs> and so you could be doing engraving and you're Vernacular. like i want to do some etching over here instead yeah. of engraving i want this part to be engraved and this part to be etched so mm-hmm. this all creates like really pretty it's depth designs. and texture yes yeah yeah so um cool. then we have um uh vitri vitriography <laughs> I can never say these hard words. It's it's a printmaking technique for glass engraving, and it transfers ink from an engraved glass plate onto paper or something else. And um, so the glass plate is engraved with the design, and then ink is applied to the surface, and then the ink is transferred to paper through a press. Oh, my God. So it has the same texture. mm -hmm. Oh, pretty. Like, frosty. Yeah. So this (gasps) allows, like, you can do multiple prints uh-huh. on glass engravings um so yeah and then there's stipple engraving which is just like um the diamond point engraving but um it's done entirely by hand with a very sharp point made of either diamond or tungsten carbide mm-hmm. it's then tapped so mm-hmm. stippling you know you tap 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 onto the surface of the crystal glass and it's basically just a bunch of tiny dots yeah. that then make up a design and it's so like a tattoo yeah exactly so <laughs> with a liner needle like over and over oh my god my hand that sounds terrible i know and then the sound i just can't imagine like uh, like nails on a chalkboard almost <laughs> no thanks <laughs> Okay, so those are all the different techniques. And okay. so this is where I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much information. There's a lot of history and it goes all the way back to the Egyptians and Romans. Of as, course. <laughs> as always, it's like all of our crafts. Yeah. It's like all the way back the to the beginning Egyptians. of time. Civilization. <laughs> civilization. Yeah, early civilization. 
So archaeological finds suggest that these civilizations had basic tools to scratch or carve designs onto glass vessels. And in Egypt, artists um, had glass vessels that they had intricate like hieroglyphics Mm. and symbolic motifs. Nice. And glass artifacts have been found in burial sites such as in Pharaoh Tutankhamun. And these engravings depicted religious scenes, daily life, and symbols of power. And these date from 1500 BCE to 30 BCE. Once again, those dates are just so weird because it goes backwards. Backwards, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So that's a long period of time, 1500 to 30. Yeah, seriously. And um, 1470 years. Yeah. Oh, that was quick math. Booyaka! (laughs) I can't do that. So um, the Romans obviously expanded upon the Egyptian techniques um, and they used more sophisticated methods of glass production and decoration. Mm. You know, each, you know, civilization will expand. They live in sand. Like there's so much sand, the resources. That's like exactly what we were talking about in the glass. The glass. No, no. no, um, Oh, the glass making. Yeah. Yeah. The windows. Glass windows (laughs) and stuff. Glass. The commodity was available. So they were the ones that like, they had the most access to so much. Mm-hmm. So it makes so much sense. I love yeah. it. And so they just not only made glass, but made it pretty. Yeah. So glass vessels from this period dating between 27 BCE and 476 CE hmm. feature finely engraved designs showing the Romans proficiency to use these cutting tools to create these detailed patterns. They were really good at it. Mm-hmm. And um, Roman glass was not only useful, like a cup or a bowl or whatever, yeah. but it was like using this as a form of like artistic expression. Mm-hmm. And um, cool. a lot of the vessels found featured uh, mythological themes and very intricate scroll work. Fun. So now we move on to the flowers and stuff. Oh, yeah. Just like we do. Yeah. <laughs> and you could find pictures of all of this. Just Google it I and you can find it. like Egyptian glass carving, you know, or engraving. So now um, we move on to the Byzantine and Islamic period between 476 CE and 1453 CE mm-hmm. following the fall mm-hmm. of the Roman Empire. Uh, the art of glass engraving like evolved under the influence of the Byzantine and Islamic cultures. And these civilizations contributed to the development of um, new types of motifs and techniques. And it actually became a really important part of religious and ceremonial objects, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. So very intricate geometric patterns and calligraphy. I struggle with words. (laughs) Calligraphic? 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 Calligraphic, yeah. I wonder. Calligraphy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so um, on the glass vessels. And this, once again, was just a, really showed the artistic expression yeah. and just the cultural, you know, theme of the time, you know, yeah. so you could really tell what time was like then. So then moving on to the medieval period between 500 CE and 1500 CE. I could do that math. That's 1,000 years. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so during the medieval period, um, monastic centers, right? Mo- not, yeah, monastic that. centers and artisan guilds um, actually preserved and passed on this knowledge of glassmaking and engraving techniques. I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. There's been so much lost because they, it just kept so private. And I understand yeah. that. But like someone has to do it. Yeah. You A lot of extinct somebody. art and crafts <laughs> that are just like gone. You have yeah. to pass it on. So 
these monasteries um, housed skilled artisans who meticulously crafted engraved glass items mm. for use in religious ceremonies and of course as decorative pieces because nice. everyone likes something pretty mm-hmm. so um once again engraved glass was widely used in religious art with intricately designed chalices rec- reliquaries yep you got it and ecclesiastical vessels which became Good job. <laughs> i did all these big words which became obviously you know the expressions of like how they worshipped and mm-hmm. their devotion and all of that so as you they kinda, were making somebody something beautiful they didn't mm-hmm. have to buy it so it counted as an artistic thing not a luxury item yes so, <laughs> so and they make it as beautiful as they wanted because they had a lot more freedom with yeah. things like that yeah so mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of these pieces are really a form of artistic expression oh, for sure and a lot of them are crazy pretty hmm. um and then it so now it's kind of like your episode of stained glass because yeah. stained glass windows in medieval cathedrals had engraved scenes from religious narratives. Nice. And so this shows like that they were able to do a large scale, like architectural mm-hmm. pieces, these big windows. Um, so artisans during the medieval period would also put in gold leaf and um, colored enamels into the engraving. So it caught like created all these different dimensions. I love it. So kind of like with the... Um, I bet it would like flood. Like they would... Mm-hmm. So you kind of... And it could be the border of something else yeah, too. Yeah. With probably the opposite of having to do letting. So they could dig it in. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that would make work. sense. Like blend the color together. When they do the painting kind, not the colored yes. panels. The painted yeah. kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so they would... Yeah, they started adding stuff to it. So, um, So this was a lot of like it, it definitely helped with the aesthetic as yeah. Avery says all the time I like the aesthetic, <laughs> the aesthetic you know so it definitely became like an aesthetic of its own with these mm-hmm. stained glass windows and all mm-hmm. that so in the you know gothic architectural style which we can all you know picture the pointed like arches and really ornamental like mm-hmm. you know uh, it's very sharp and angular yeah <laughs> and, and so those like that style really influenced the designs, obviously, of this engraved glass mm-hmm. during that time period, the medieval time period. And um, engraved glass panels in Gothic cathedrals, like, you, they are really, like, I know you know what they look like, but they're very ornate and, like... They really are. Really And pretty. again, it's because they're ends up being less of a limit on the funding for things like that it's where they can i don't want to say show off because that seems like rude but it's where they can really flourish Mm -hmm. and and shine with usually like who they know Mm -hmm. and and to make things beautiful because the average person could not afford those things yeah sorry (laughs) so that's why you find it in a lot of like churches and and it makes sense it's so beautiful it's special So now moving on to the Renaissance period, which is between the 14th and the 17th century. Um, once again, the, there was this new wave of interest in classical art, literature, and this was known as humanism. And it actually influenced glass engraving um, to classical, back to classical themes and motifs. So <laughs> once again, wealthy patrons <laughs> supported artists and engravers, which led to the creation of like these really pretty kind of like with the Fabergé eggs, you know, you commission out, you, you, 
you say, here's okay, the money, here's make the money, something make magical. something. So they had the resources to be able to get really detailed, really sure. fancy. All the ideas that they have, mm-hmm. I can do it. And this was not just for religious purposes, nice. but it could be a rich person that's like, mm-hmm. I want this for my house. And so yeah. it didn't have to be religious. Um, now, so, would these be like windows? Is that kind of what we're yeah, talking about? Yeah, it could about? be. Or, or like glassware. Or, you know, it could be a decorative piece in the house. So, okay. but a lot of times it was like cups and plates and windows okay. and that kind of thing so um then you know because we're now making more glass in different ways so with the new mm-hmm. technology and glass making um you have the development of crystal glass mm-hmm. and this was higher quality materials for engravings so now you're just getting really fancy with the crystal glass so it's not yeah. just like your basic glass like in the roman period you know right it's, you got really fancy crystal glass so then it became really popular like we were saying for decorative items Mm -hmm. goblets mirrors and windows um mostly in churches and cathedrals not so much like in someone's house okay um so during uh, during the renaissance period there was like a lot of symbolism um Mm -hmm. from and drawing inspiration for like mythology yeah of course once again biblical narratives Mm -hmm. so this use of symbolism um they you know the artists could kind of relay their feelings about a certain thing or like Ah, you know mm -hmm. so once again artistic expression yeah um so this is when like master glass engravers showed up and they were actually getting recognition for this skill because it's like not like any not everybody knew how to do it and not everybody could do it right and so they talk um, about a steady hand mm -hmm. like i don't have that even when i was little i didn't no. I never have. So, like, I, I have a different kind of a delicacy with, like, tools. That's fine, but mm-hmm. not by hand. Yeah. So, like, not everyone can. It is. And a- then imagine you get old. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, literally the older you get, what the heck? I'm, like, I covered that topic. And I was, like, when they got old, they couldn't do it anymore because their hands were shaking. What the heck? <laughs> we cover so much. Oh, my I God. And, but, yeah. So, it's, yeah. like, that's another thing I bet as you mm-hmm. get older. So you just have to pass it on down and yeah. hope that someone else, And hope you, know. you don't get some kind of medieval bet- kind of like um parkinson's yeah like the tremors like people got you'd get mm-hmm. sick you get viruses and sometimes you come out with tremors yeah sorry that so, my brain just like <laughs> yeah because this is like well this is the renaissance period and so you know we all know renaissance period was all art and mm-hmm. you know it's like so they i'm sure probably were getting paid pretty well oh i bet you know so um these artisans like actually had workshops and like we were just saying they would pass it down mm-hmm. um to apprentices apprentices apprentice i'm not saying that again uh, <laughs> so venice is a well-known center for glass making and it actually yeah, for sure <laughs> yeah it played a pivotal role in the glass engravement movement um the venetian school uh actually had really like these are so pretty well obviously post pictures you know but you just go look there's a lot because of really seriously, pretty there things. ends up being like million seriously dozens and dozens and we can't post them all. yeah we can't i literally <laughs> our sources are good yeah it's not, it's not like boring crap we put them there for a reason mm-hmm. <laughs> so um diamond point glass was mostly venetian made so remember just the diamond point like yeah. whether you're stippling or just carving uh that became more it was mostly venetian made and it became popular around like it was really common around 1530 uh-huh. 
And this is what fun fact here. There was actually uh, the cargo of a ship that wrecked off the coast of Croatia, coast of Croatia <laughs> in 1583 on its way to Constant- Constantinople. Constantinople. And, <laughs> and it included engraved and other types of glass that were actually recovered after the wreck was rediscovered in 1967. Oh, wow. So the ship that went down in 1583 Mm -hmm. had all this cool engraved glass and stuff that's amazing Mm -hmm. and because it was going to be like low down on the ground it was going to it wasn't going to experience a lot of abrasiveness because it's not rolling around yeah it's not tumbling oh i love it that reminds me of one of those freaking expedition unknown with josh Josh yes yes that's right yeah that's right in yeah i'm sure he probably has already done that he's probably probably already (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so now in the 18th and 19th century, obviously, there's a huge glass industry. Mm-hmm. It's just easy to manufacture and stuff. And so since glass is being mass produced, it, you can get glass to, to carve easier. The Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. So this just like created more opportunities for people to um, engrave glass. You yeah. Know? So um, neoclassical design principles uh inspired by ancient greek and roman art was basically the inspiration during this period so Hmm. greek and roman art so it's taking it back and they incorporated at this time engravers would incorporate classical motifs such as columns urns and mythological scenes Mm -hmm. which is funny it's like across all these decades and generations i see ivy like florals like yeah Yeah. the hanging gardens and stuff Mm -hmm. magic (laughs) so um romantic uh the romantic movement influenced the themes of engraved glass with the focus on nature emotion and sentimentalism oh i said that good that's struggling my brain is like I can read, but not out loud a lot of times. It gets better the more we do it. I know. We're learning. See, we're learning things, too. I Mm -hmm. think you, I know you said write it out phonetically, but Mm -hmm. I I don't do that because I type it and it'll autocorrect it for me. Just try to remember to like look up the word if it bothers you that much. You can just look it up, hear the pronunciation. Like that sentimentalism. There you go. Yeah. I didn't think that was going to be hard because I know (laughs) that word. (laughs) So anyways, like once again, it's on like glasses like for drinking and mm-hmm. decorative items and they would have like romantic scenes like you were saying ivy floral patterns yeah. and so like pan and grapes mm-hmm. sorry <laughs> so obviously <laughs> at this time it was considered a status symbol mm. in the upper classes everything you know all turns your... into that that yes. year so that, it's... they're that that time frame mm-hmm. it's like that with everything so yeah so if you had like fancy like formal dining plates and cups Mm -hmm. and all that that was engraved ooh, it was like oh my god i bet they would do full sets for like family only motifs and Mm -hmm. everything like this is your family's pattern could you imagine the gossip (gasps) at that time did you see martha's did you see her gravy boat did you see that there was a chip in the etching (laughs) how could she put that out in public i think she hired a (laughs) one of those freelance artists oh my gosh from the back alley (laughs) how could she so (laughs) so yeah it's it just created this thing once again of oh if you had money you can get the really nice stuff better than everybody else even now that's how it is classism has always existed yeah (laughs) so um technological advancements in the 19th century 
improved like the engraving cool tools and the cutting machinery Mm -hmm. and so it was just even more precise as time goes on um and you can kind of see this it's crazy because you could definitely tell who is talented artists when you look back in history and then you compare it to now where Mm -hmm. we have so many more resources about like laser you just laser cut it and it would be nice but Mm -hmm. if you look at something done by hand yeah you know, and you could really tell when someone's good at what they do because mm-hmm. it's going to look like the laser engraved one. You right. Know? So um, then we go into the 20th century and then we have <laughs> art deco and modernism. And <laughs> so this obviously influenced the type of engraved glass. Mm-hmm. So you have clean lines, geometric shapes and abstract de- designs. And um, so it was just like the time, you know. Yeah. And in the mid-20th century, the studio glass movement revolutionized the art of glassmaking and engraving. And artists like Dale Chihuly and Harvey Littleton, um, they created, like, all these really pretty, unique glass pieces and and showed, like, oh, there's all these other things you could do with it. So Mm -hmm. it's just, once again, like, developing. So then you have sandblasting, laser engraving... And it just, you know, that's kind of where we are today. Yeah. And like you said, we have like tools on the Cricut. You can totally engrave on a piece of glass, Mm -hmm. like a picture frame or something. Um, And then this was really cool. And it will be in the show notes. Check the sources because there is still, so there's obviously still glass engravers today. Mm -hmm. And the UK Guild of Glass Engravers was found founded in 1975 and it's based in london that's very new (laughs) and you can go on the website and Mm -hmm. see all of the work (gasps) and these are current like so you can see yes different techniques okay and this like all of them yeah and this is where i learned a lot of the information on the techniques because they say like what is it you could go on a deep dive which i kind of did and then i had to (laughs) stop myself and i was like i don't the history lesson itself is enough Mm -hmm. but um yeah, you can see all these, like, really pretty, like, they do, like, a showcase type of thing. And so you can click on a specific show, show, you know, mm-hmm. event that yeah. they held, and nice. you can see everything that was there. Oh. A lot of the pictures are not the great greatest quality, <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. you could kind of see some of them have colors in it. Like, I discussed how you can add yeah. colors into it. Oh. Some of them are just, you could tell, with stippling. Um, you know, just a bunch of tiny little dots. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of really cool pieces, big pieces, small little pieces. So, um, yeah. So anyways, I will finish this off with an inscription on a quote, amen glass, like A-M-E-N, amen, amen. Oh, okay. Glass from England. Okay. And, um, so this was kind of typical for the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so these, Amen glasses. <laughs> I'm like, if I say amen, it sounds weird. Amen. Uh, oh. These usually had like an English rose, a royal monogram, or like a coat of arms, but then mm-hmm. they had all this wording on it. And so this is what is all carved or engraved, mm-hmm. not carved, well, technically carved, but engraved mm-hmm. into these glasses. <clears throat> oh gosh, this is where I had the hard words. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's not like, yeah. Okay. Grant us one favor more, the king for to restore, as thou hast done before the family. God bless the church, I pray. God save the church, I pray. Pure to remain against all hearsay, heresy, against all heresy, and Whig's hypocrisy. 
who strive maliciously. Her to defame, God bless the subjects all, and save both great and small in every station that will bring home the king who has the best right to reign <laughs> is the only thing can save the nation. Oh my gosh. That's How big is this a cup? A lot. Is um, it like a chalice? Is it sorry I'm is screaming? It, <laughs> I'll show you. It's I saw not, the tiniest reflection in the mirror behind you. I was like, get the fuck out of here. It was so sorry. It, I, just I said copied that in and prayer. pasted. It's like it's, it's like huge. a prayer. It's huge. But it's here, I'll show you. It is um <laughs> it it's crazy because I don't think the way that it's written Is it like a dinner on cup? there? A communion no, cup? it's it's a okay so it's called a jacobite amen glass okay and it just looks like this so it's like all over the cup all like 360 Mm -hmm. so it wraps around all of that's on there that must be very that's a lot yes it's like look it's like, yeah. see how it's all like, it's, this one has a crown and a monogram. Jeez Louise. And it has like. My arm and hand hurt thinking about it. I know. It. Look at how tiny. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. See? And so it's like in sections. And mm-hmm. so I tried to read it and like, you know, it's a, it's not called a stanza. Is it the four? I think so. Yeah. So it's like four, yeah. you know, little lines, four <laughs> little lines. And it's all over the cup. So I think you start at one side and then like, boop, 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 but it's all around. Mm-hmm. That all that words that I said, all that words, all those words that I said is on a cup. All them their words. Yep, it's on a cup. Wow. Engraved by hand by master crazy. artisans. That are, it's really cool. So that's that why mean. I said it was long because I kept like, oh, I can add this and oh, I can add that, and I was like, I had to cut down a lot because I was like, it's... well, looking at the time, you it was only twenty five minutes. <laughs> okay, no, you're fine. But yeah, I hope everyone liked that. But I knew was I was really going to do something else, and then I was like, no, I got to do the I glass the etching. Thing. Yeah, but I was lazier because I didn't feel good, and so yeah. I the one I wanted to do ended up like, oh, there's way more than I thought. That's and I was like, I got oh, started, no. <laughs> and yeah. then I was like, oh no, I and that's I why I was like, next week's episode to do it tomorrow. <laughs> but then you couldn't talk yesterday. So. No, like I sounded worse than this now. <laughs> you don't even sound that bad. I'm just like, you just sound like you're because congested. I can breathe through my nose fine. It's just I think I've just been coughing so much. Yeah. Well, OK. Write it down. OK, so this case is so, we say this every time, but this one is just. Wow. Mm. And um. I watched several different things, um, and it's intense. There's a lot out, and I'd never heard of this before, so I'll be interested if you've heard of it, because it happened in 2016. Oh, okay. Did it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, 2016. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. So, so, it, I'm like, oh, let me count back, but yeah, we're still in 2023 as of right now. Yeah, so it, um, it's not that long ago. Okay. This is the case of the Kentammer family. I have not heard of it. Oh, okay. Um, Barbara Kenthammer is 46 and she is married to her husband, Todd Kenthammer, and he is the same age. They were both born in March of 71, which is funny. They met when they were 16 Mm -hmm. at a wedding. It was, I believe in the, um, that he said that it was, uh, her brother and his cousin. Mm. We're getting married, and that's how they met. And so they met and dated the entire time. High school sweethearts. Um, in their, um, they live in the 
in West, this is this cracked me up, West Salem, oh. <laughs> Wisconsin. <laughs> and Barbara works at the local West Salem Middle School as a lunch lady. Mm-hmm. She loves her job and she loves the kids. And Todd works at a something, something crown. I messed that up. Something crown, like is it Royal Crown, like RC Cola? I don't know. But it was a it was a it's a soda manufacturer where they make soda cans and he did the labeling part of oh, the soda okay. can part. And he did that part time. And then he did um, like windshield repairs on Mm. vehicles. Mm -hmm. And then they also flipped houses. So they were like busy and they always spent their time together all the time they had off. Like they flipped houses together. Mm -hmm. Um, She made beautiful dinners and stuff. They were really, really happy. Mm -hmm. They have two adult children at this time, a son and a daughter. I think maybe people have noticed. I usually don't actually give the names of the kids. Yeah. Um, Typically just because if you want to look into it, you'll find it yourself. But also just like. I feel bad for children when they're children. Like Mm -hmm. you just, I don't, I don't know. I just don't bring it in. Yeah. Even though these are adults. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, um, their um, adult children had always mentioned that, you know, their parents were like so in love Mm -hmm. and um, anything that Barbara wanted, Todd would give her. Yeah. (laughs) And they loved each other. Sounds familiar. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like pretty much anything I want. Within Jack's reason, like, just, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, if it's just going to make you happy, whatever. It's yeah. Funny, you know, Kurt is absolutely the same way. Mm-hmm. So on September 16th, 2016, it was early in the morning, and Barbara always has a phone call with her mom in the morning. I think that's so adorable, like that's around breakfast time. Me. I text my mom all day long. but I um, FaceTime I my mom every oh, morning. Oh, that's <laughs> cute. I, I should more, but I always talk to my mom every day. Mm-hmm. It's like, good morning, good night. Even if I don't talk to her in between, it's always good morning, good night. Yeah. So she has a call with her mom after breakfast. Um, this is her normal routine. And then um, this morning... Barbara and Todd get into the vehicle together and they head the opposite direction of where her school would be for her to go to work. Okay. She has to be to work at eight o'clock mm-hmm. and she's not at work now. And this is so unlike her. Her school supervisor tried to get a hold of her uh-huh. to be like, hey, is everything okay? Like, yeah. the whole school year, so for, for, for September, she hadn't missed a single day or been mm-hmm. late at all. Like, our school systems start sometimes as early as August or the late yeah, end of July. Yeah, it was the July. first week of August this year, mm-hmm. I think. So, I'm, I'm not sure if theirs was. Probably not. Or wasn't it the end of July? So, not this remember. time. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me, Zoe. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so unlike her. She's so fastidious about mm-hmm. being on time. Very punctual. So, they don't get a hold of Barbara. Mm-hmm. And now her mom has noticed that she hasn't gotten her phone call. Her phone call. <laughs> yeah. And it is past eight o'clock now. So yeah. she should be at work. Mm-hmm. And she still hasn't gotten this phone call. So this is like how much of a red flag is immediately going on. Yeah. You know, routine is important. When parents are like, my kid would never run away, they know. Yeah. You're going to be honest with yourself of like, mm, they could have, but like, yeah. they would never do this, you know. Yeah. Of course, there's extenuating circumstances. But anyway, this mm-hmm. is totally one of those situations. They're yeah, immediately worried. I, I would, well, I don't really <laughs> get worried because I know my mom is just busy. They have a lot going on. Yeah. But um, I can see her location. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, oh, she's just home. <laughs> and we only do that because like, you know, for safety reasons. Right. Like, I, I, totally I don't have anything to hide. You can see where I'm at. Exactly. The only time I might turn it off is if I'm like Christmas shopping. I don't want you to see the, <laughs> what, what stores, stores I'm I at. Go to? <laughs> right. So at, 
I'm so sorry. It's at okay, eight you're oh, sick. <laughs> at eight oh six in the morning, nine one one operators get a phone call from Todd. Todd is screaming, and I listened to the nine one one call. It's like uh-huh. really intense. He's screaming, and he is saying that a flatbed truck has come down the road in the opposite direction of them, mm-hmm. and a pipe has flown off. It is busted through the windshield, and it hit his wife, like, the side of her head. Oh, my gosh. And, there, you know, she's seriously injured. There's blood coming from her nose, eyes, and mouth. Uh-huh. And so e- um, EMS, the, the 911, I'm sorry, the uh-huh. responder, um, she's talking him through it she's like you're doing great it's amazing you're listening to this phone call and i'm dying because it's so sad and he's like there's blood coming out of her mouth do i keep doing the chest compressions and she's like yeah that's fine you have to just keep going you know you're Uh doing great and it feels like an eternity and police actually show up within three minutes oh wow and i'm i couldn't even believe that it was only three minutes yeah so police show up three minutes later and um he you know they're they're trying to help her out and he's panicking and he's explaining the situation of what happened to police and he's like you know he's got blood on him Mm -hmm. on his shirt and he's scratched up and in his hands because um he's like as the pipe was coming like towards he like instinctively like went towards it Uh and when he tried to Originally, he tried to push the pipe out of the window, and then he got out of the window, out of the window, the window of the out car of the car to go the, around and, uh-huh, uh-huh. and pulled it out from that way. And they're like, "Okay, they're getting all the information." And um, she's alive at the. She's alive, but she's like, you know, losing her uh, yeah. consciousness. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're they're doing their best. So they take they take her by ambulance and Todd is escorted with the police Mm -hmm. to go to the hospital to be with her. Uh And so during that time, you know, they're asking the questions again. And he was saying, we're, we're in the car and we're going because I'm going to do an order for a windshield. I'm, she's coming with me Uh because they went together all the time. Okay. And so as they're, you know, this is him in the squad car and cause I'm, I'm hearing the dash cam footage Uh and, um, so they're just talking, you know, he's like, I have a job that I'm going to. And, you know, she's coming with me. And he's explaining the whole thing. To be at over. Work. She was supposed to be at work. Exactly. That's weird. So um, the police officer asks, like, what kind of car it was. And he's like, it's a little truck. You know, those really hilarious little Hot Wheels truck that is like so teeny tiny. I think they're from more like the 80s. They were just like the mini cab. Oh, teeny, yeah. Tiny yeah. Little ones. Is it kind of like the one that the neighbor has? smaller oh small yeah and he said it had like makeshift metal paneling you know rickety oh okay and um and he didn't see the driver and but that it was dark and he was the truck was dark sorry oh a paint job yeah it was like either it was either dark green dark blue or it could have been black it was dark a dark paint job and so anyway uh you know they get to the hospital and they're doing work on her but she she unfortunately passes away the next day in the ho- in the hospital. Mm. And it's really, really, of course, everyone's devastated. Yeah. And so, especially because it's a an, an crime scene accident uh-huh. with vehicle, things like this, they're going to try to find who did this because mm-hmm. they could be culpable if they didn't Negligence tie stuff of, down. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and this is a common thing that happens when somebody relatively young and healthy passes away. They do autopsies. It's, mm-hmm. it's common. Um, and it's like that. What's the that movie? Oh, 
<laughs> the movie with the person. I have no idea. <laughs> no, where the the logging truck. Oh my the, gosh! What's it called? Yeah, Final Destination. Final Destination. Yes. Yeah, growing up in the Pacific Northwest, like the seeing the log trucks. So uh, I actually googled. This I'm like, this. why would you drive behind a pole? Like I, someone with a pole. Oh, I know. Like, I actually googled this. So this freak accident happens way more than we think yeah i saw yeah i part of the article was saying 500 people die a year just from debris flying off of items so we're talking it's caused accidents Uh those types of things doing a super quick google search of pipes flying off of trucks just within the last few years i found five (gasps) what yep oh my gosh so one of them was a tire that came through the windshield and killed a guy. Okay. So that's horrific. So that's yeah. just a freak accident I threw in because that's like the tire came off, went through the windshield. Um, another guy had a super close call because it came right uh-huh. through and it was like a millimeter away from getting him. I've seen like and a the, TikTok and three where other like people right have died. Wow. One of them was a woman in Canada and it just happened October 2nd of <gasps> what? 23. That's yep. crazy. And it's so crazy. So like this is not, this is, yeah, well, unfortunate thing that can happen. Well, it's a freak occurrence, one in a million, but it does happen. Yeah, Jack had um, he was on the freeway and he had something um come off. He it was small and didn't break his well. It chipped his windshield pretty yeah. bad, but it was a county truck, and um, so he's got to go through all the steps to get that. Oh my like, gosh, to, was it county. his vehicle or was it the truck? It was his car. Mm. He was on his way home from work. That sucks. And like he didn't know if it was a rock or whatever, but he was mm. behind a county truck uh-huh. and it like hit something hit his windshield right. from the like he saw it come off of the truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. But that's scary. Now, I'm, now, I'm like, oh, new fear. Well, <laughs> new fear that, unlocked. Ever since Final Destination. Yeah, I was like, ever since then, I never <laughs> drive behind trucks that have yeah. stuff like tied yeah. up on it. <laughs> no, that ladder is going to come flying at I'll me. I'll lighten this for two seconds. One of my favorite comedians, Brian Regan, he's like a really clean comedian. He's mm-hmm. really funny. Um, he talks about that one time. He's like, have you ever been on a road and like you see a truck with logs going north and you see another truck south? Uh-huh. And he's like, you have logs, but they have logs. Why are you going? It's <laughs> yeah. funny. Why I know it doesn't work that way, yeah. but anyway. Okay. So I'm so sorry. So, okay, so they're going to do an autopsy. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. They're going to do an autopsy on Barbara because depending on the injuries from that pipe is determining like, um, I'm sure like criminal charges. That's how mm-hmm. they, they get through it and they have to prove what, what know. happened, what killed her. Mm-hmm, and exactly. Ultimately. Exactly. Because a lot of things happen when you're struck with a huge object. Mm-hmm. This pipe was 53 inches long and Whoa. weighed 10 pounds. So that's pretty so hefty. Imagine pretty a little big. heavier than a gallon I know. Of I was milk. picturing you when, uh, when you said that he pulled it out. I was mm-hmm. like, how big is this thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I was a like, giant I was getting pole to it. Pretty big, yeah, but... But it um, is big, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 53 inches. It's like, like an arm my slang. arm span. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they are showing... The autopsy shows that Barb has died of multiple blunt force injury to the head and neck her hyoid bone which is actually a large thick piece of cartilage in a u-shape uh-huh. that protects your windpipe was broken <gasps> she was strangled and her body and mouth had scratches including her neck area what so okay so first of all multiple yes multiple blunt force so not so, just a not just one blow from a pole yeah so the thing is when police and EMS had showed up to the accident, they're immediately like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. They immediately have feelings about this guy mm-hmm. and this situation. Granted, it's a freak accident. That seems almost unbelievable on its own. But uh-huh. weird crap happens all the time. Yeah. So um, they're going to bring him in for um, questioning because 
they have to, exactly like you said, they have to get the entire perspective from him in the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And so the way he explains is that this pipe flew off, but he immediately said he thought it was a bird or something. Okay. And when in the 911 call, he said a pipe or something. A pipe or something? You pulled the fucking pipe out of the windshield. Yeah. Yeah. But he's really a very anxious guy. He has prescribed Alprazolam, Mm. which is generic Xanax. He just Mm -hmm. is a fidgety, stressed out guy. So the thing is, under pressure, I had to call 911 once Mm -hmm. for a downstairs neighbor. And I struggled so hard because I was panicked to just open the security code on my phone. Mm -hmm. I kept trying to put 911 in my phone code. I'm like, what am I doing? You do ridiculous stuff under pressure I've had to call 911 a few times and and a couple times I was a little frazzled. It's always hard. It's never easy. Mm -hmm. So they're like, okay, you know, they're talking to him. They're trying to figure out what happened. And so um, he says that he thought it was a bird or something. So instinctually, he reached over to, like, block it. And that's how he said he has scratches all over his hands and knuckles. Mm. And they're like, okay, but you said that you were right-handed. So why are all the scratches and mostly the damage is done to your left hand left and he's hand like well i kept my hand on the wheel and i crossed over like that kind of makes sense no. like if i'm dominant handed i don't no. think i would take my that hand does off. not make sense you, you know the mom it, you know you? the mom move <laughs> did your arm you get your right arm out true you put your right arm Absolutely out right away out like oh i'm gonna passenger. break so fast and, and your reflex you're gonna break your fucking arm off is, but you're still gonna put your arm yeah out. You're so right it's See? the reflex of you mm-hmm. put out like your right arm <laughs> to save someone yeah, or you from... push them out of the way, probably. Yeah, pusher. yeah. So, so already though, that makes no sense because we're talking. If you thought you were going to block that pipe, that means you had like pro athlete level reflexes. Reflexes. Let me tell you, this guy's got a pot belly and bitch tits. So <laughs> you know, so not I mean, not no. fast reflexes. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, once. Okay. Keep going. So he the pipe comes through the window. And it hits her. It's not like a through her head or through her throat situation. It hit it her just through barely. the side of... It slammed into her head. Okay. this way. And she has a very large abrasion. Like, abrasion. But these are what they call... Um, oh, crap. I forgot. Anyway, it's to the skull. Like, that's okay. how deep it is. It's to the skull when, when she got hit. And... Um, he says after that she started flailing and he's meaning seizing mm-hmm. so she had seizure activity and that caused her to throw herself forward and slam her throat into one of those huge like gallon you probably see them truckers have them those big giant huge gallon water jugs yeah and um they have it they show like a picture it's a huge like steel and um gray one that she uh-huh. had been drinking from that was in her lap and they're like, okay, that's, I mean, it's plausible. It's still these weird things, but they are plausible. He's going through. Uh-huh. And so he says he knew how to do CPR from work. You know, it's something he had to do for work. And that, um, so he had gotten out of the car, pulled the pipe out of the windshield. And when, um, and then he removed her from the vehicle to, to do the CPR, you know. And he, mm-hmm. he said that he did CPR for a few minutes, actually, before he had called 911 because he knew how to do CPR. So he was going to try to do that first. Yeah. But then he stopped because he was freaking out because so much blood is coming out of her yeah. mouth. And like your mouth, yeah. you know, so. And the 911 operator, you know, she had said, it's fine. You, It's got to come out. It's going to come out. But mm-hmm. you have to get air in. So investigators now are like, OK, let's find this flatbed. So they go around to every property that surrounds this area i'm sorry i watched so much crap on this and i didn't even write the name of the st- 
the road that they're on. Mm-hmm. It's not super rural, but it is kind of back out off of away. Okay. So they search every single property and they find a, a business. It's a horse ranch and they have security footage that is pointing. It's crazy because you can see it. It's like I'm showing you. <laughs> it's like a quarter nickel size patch of open. And they're like, here you can see their Camry come around. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it pass. There's no truck. There's no truck visible, period. There's four other vehicles within a very, not a a short amount of time, but these were, um, there's, it would have to be one before them. There's for um, them to it would be have to behind be crossing because they were going this way like that. Oh, oh, oh okay. parallel, you know, okay. oncoming parallel to to. Oh ways. yeah, that's right. You said it was oncoming, yeah. not like it mm-hmm. fell off the back mm-hmm. of the truck. Yeah, okay, it was oncoming, and so there was only four cars that they saw, and so they saw the Camry drive past at seven fifty seven a.m. This is all. It totally correlates to when the accident happened. Him doing CPR for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, when the car drove past, the accident happened right after that. Uh-huh. And then the CPR, 911. It all is... Okay, so the far timeline, it's lining up. Yes. Mm-hmm. The timeline totally lines up. Um, And so they, you know, ask him again, well, what are you guys doing? Why, you know, why were you with her? What time does she start work? And he said 8.30. She's not had this job for a little while. Yeah. It starts at 8. Yeah. On the dot. It's always started at 8. Yeah. And so then, you know, they're like, well, why did you say 8.30? And he was like, well, it was just a mistake. You know, it's 8 o'clock. And he, they were saying, well, what were you guys doing? He said, I'm going mm-hmm. to go do that job to change the windshield and um, in somebody's truck. And she was just coming with me. And the investigators, they're interrogating him and they're saying, well, but then your wife was going to end up being late for work. Mm-hmm. And That's my he first was thought. just like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that did not make any sense. And she didn't even uh-huh. call her supervisor to say she was like, going to hey, be, be a little late exactly. or whatever. Yeah, or I'm taking the day off. A lunch lady. Yeah, they do breakfast at a lot of schools. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, she and they cook the food back there, too. Yeah. Pre- and, you know, ahead of time. But, you know, I'm sure if you're always on time, being a little late wouldn't have been a big deal. Yeah. So the investigators call up the man that Todd has said um, they had like the work order for for the uh-huh. windshield his name is justin heim and justin said that no he did not have a work order mm. for him he was a co-worker of his at the the, the soda factory uh-huh. <laughs> and that he was pretty sure that todd didn't even know where he lived yeah and then todd was saying well actually it was for his friend it was it was for it was for Justin, sorry, <laughs> I had to look back at my nose. It was for <laughs> Justin's friend. Okay. And Justin said, yeah, my friend did want to have a windshield replaced at one time, but they never set uh. it up because it was a farm truck. So when a farm truck has a busted windshield, it doesn't matter. You're not yeah. driving it on the street. Yeah. So he decided no, like, to not put the money into sure. an old farm truck. Yeah. So then Todd lies and says it was somebody else that oh Justin knew, like another coworker. Uh-huh. And obviously there's nobody. And he's just like, I'm, fr- you know, I was frazzled and I I was I thought that frazzled you said the same thing over like wrong thing after wrong thing right story is now changing yeah and so he says that um that 
it was somebody that he talked to and he was pretty sure that his friend had said that they were going to park the car at Justin's property and he could just do the work there, grab, you know, whatever. Okay. So they're still kind of like, okay, that's weird. Like you keep changing your story. Yeah. But this is also from the story that he had originally told the police minutes after the accident happened. Uh-huh. So they kind of like put out some feelers for the area. Did anybody drive through that area at See some anything point in time? Exactly. Least, yeah. Somebody came forward, a witness named Randy Erler. He said that he passed by, again, I'm sorry, I don't know the name of the road. It had a cool name, too. <laughs> but as you see, these weird notes I tucked in place. Yeah. I kept going back. <laughs> it was fine. a lot. So he said that he passed that same road right before 8 a.m. And he said that he did see the Camry and that it was backed up into a ditch, which is a really weird. He said he made a Y turn is what it looked like. So he okay. pulled in yeah. and pulled back. And that the passenger door was open. He didn't see anybody at all in the area. And there was zero damage to the windshield. Mm-hmm. So because of this, with all of the physical evidence that had point that was on Barb's body, because she did have bruising and stuff throughout her body as well, um, they arrest Todd. And it is... Um, I think it's yeah I think it's like 81 days after December I believe it's December 6th is he's arrested so they did a very deep investigation to find the camera footage to find these witnesses this is what they pulled together in their investigation and so because he is so agitated and everything all of these things are noted like as you know Uh the um Body language is monitored and all of these things. They know that there's something going on because of how much his story has changed. Like, why did he have so many injuries on his neck and also scratches on his chest? Mm -hmm. There was there was there was no glass that was present enough for that for him to have been scratched in that way on his chest. Yeah. And he says, well, it's because I do like windshield work. And they're telling him, "Okay, "Okay, but um, like how recently now here's the thing i am some people have very different lives behind closed doors and um lots of people get scratches for lots of ways (laughs) yeah so you know but anyway so because of all of this evidence they are they're totally ready they have so much lined up investigation shows that there was this is so crazy because it's just something i would have never thought of there is no glass in the gear shift so there would be glass you know the little ripply bits of the gear shift Uh so if the car was in drive there would have been glass in the front for his version of a Camry. I believe it was a 2009 uh-huh. Toyota Camry. So the glass should have been in the front. Yeah, because of in gear. Mm-hmm. So the glass was only found in, in the back park while the vehicle was oh. in park. Also, the passenger seat is covered in glass. Let's pretend that glass was glitter. If you're sitting in a car and someone throws glitter on you and you stand up, is the entire seat going to be covered in glitter? No. No. There's going to be patches where your yeah. body mm-hmm. where your body was in the way of that. So they found that really interesting, yeah. too. 
The other thing is they found no glass in that little map compartment door of the passenger side. Oh. So that equated to the door being open. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. There is one bloody fingerprint on the driver's side mirror that technically could be explained by him reaching out to her while she had blood on her with the pipe. He did try to push it. And then he got out. You know, you're going to stabilize yourself and run around. So that was a piece of evidence, but it was also it could be explained. Mm hmm. The same rust that was found on the pipe was also found in the trunk. Oh. And inside of the lip of the trunk, there is a tiny piece of grass wedged in such a way between the trunk and the hinge, Uh the gap where the trunk fills in. It shows that it was proven that when the car was backed up into the ditch, the grass, the trunk was open and closed. Because a piece of grass was trapped. There's no way it could have like jammed up as you backed into like a large uh-huh. field. That's crazy. So I know I was just trying to like figure would that pull fit? I pipe right, fit in a little in the Toyota trunk. Camry. I know it would have well, to be diagonal. I was, I was just talking yeah, exactly, earlier about exactly. my BMW. And it was I could probably cram a lot. it was probably put in there diagonally because when he took it out, I um this is weird because out of all the things I saw. In the 911 footage, they're like, where's the pipe? And he, um, I believe I hear him say, I just like, it's over there by the car. So he had just like tossed it aside. I, that, that was mm. an odd part. Like, why is there rust in the trunk? They, yeah. From that pipe that matched. Yeah. So there was, you know, blood splatter that was in the car that matched, um, you know, a blunt force trauma that was uh-huh. done. But the medical examiner noted alongside the bruises and the scratching that there were bruises in the inside of her lips, of her mouth, that Uh, indicates a blunt force trauma to the mouth. mouth. Mm -hmm. So that's like when Lincoln bit through his lip. Like, oh, you can tell when it has perfect teeth marks. It's Uh exactly mouth lined up. She also has bruised fingernail beds and two torn fingernails. Oh, gosh. So she, that, indicates a fight yeah there is no indication on her entire body in any form to be a pipe there was no circular type of lat like a crescent moon Mm -hmm. type of shape the end of the pipe did have like a really really strange almost like a giant um octagon of metal around it almost like if a bolt or a nut was fused onto Uh it okay but there was no signs. There was no threading. If you got hit with a pipe that had threading, it would like cut. It would yeah. be raggedy. Uh-huh. So there's zero information. Information. There's zero indication that she was hit with a pipe. On top of the fact, there's three to the bone gashes in the side of her head, like yeah. side in the back of yeah, her yeah. head. Like, how does that happen? And did it bounce around in the car three times? Uh-huh. So this is something that is is happening. So prosecution has you know prosecution has their own expert for medical examination and the defense also has their own Mm -hmm. and the defense really believes that the with the jug to her throat it's absolutely possible Mm -hmm. because i mean that's like like i barely hit it now and that feel hurts and it feels damaging but there was no bruising consistent to her throat with that, like, that type cup. of impact. Exactly. There would be yeah. like the little nubbin you slide to open no, the mouth. As soon bit, as you said the hyoid or bone. Or the straw. I know, right? I'm like, that's 
So it immediately gets very suspicious. And the hospital thought the exact same thing when they start doing yeah. the autopsy. So, again, the uh, the defense, I mean, I'm sorry, the prosecution is talking to him about the scratches on his hand. And he still stands by the fact that they are um, from trying to push the pipe out. And they're like, okay, that's mm-hmm. fine. So, um, there was tissue that was underneath Barbara's fingernails that mm-hmm. they were able to extract. And DNA analyst Kevin Scott, he said that what was under Barbara's fingernails was absolutely a match to Todd's, but uh-huh. he can't definitively say how it got there. Yeah. Because I've seriously been like hurt, scratched my back. It hurts so bad. And he yeah. scratched the holy hell out of it. And I was like, he had a ragged fingernail. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Looks like a cat got to my back. Like, what <laughs> the hell happened? So, you know, he can't. They cannot. They just have to go with the science, go with the facts. Yes, it matched. But mm-hmm. I mean, who knows how it got there? Crime scene investigator Nick Stalky. He said that the windshield was hit at least two times. There's no way it was only mm-hmm. hit one time. So there's, again, without the, this is being, you know, in trial, they're talking, they bring up the having no glass in the side door compartment so that the door was probably open when it happened. Stalky used luminol to show up all the blood splatter that was inside the car that wasn't visible. Mm -hmm. And he said that there was blood, tiny, tiny, tiny little droplets of blood that were around the seat, like the Uh front edge of the seat. Um... The seatbelt, you know, had blood. The center console did have blood on it, but the headrest did not. What? Yeah. The headrest? The headrest. Her head head was pinned with the pole. At least there should have been some back spray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The headrest had none. Huh. So um, Todd would say that the reason that there's multiple like hits on the window shield is because the pole, the hit it the pipe hit it bounced and then came back this way so imagine like doink you know yeah like that i'm showing you but just imagine an arch yep so the forensic investigator says that by the law of physics this is impossible yeah and they show the court they went through this and i watched it and there was like dumb music played over it (laughs) and and they had a pipe matching the same exact length with diameter weight it rolls off. It rolls uh-huh. off. It rolls off, bounces to the s- way off to the side, like the side of the road. Yeah. It would not have hit. They're going the exact same speed. They know what they're doing. Yeah. They could not replicate it. They said they did it dozens of times. There's mm-hmm. no way it would have even come close to that. Yeah. But this is still a one in a million freak accident that we know happens. Yeah. But the defense has suggested that Barb's injuries could have be- been <laughs> from being grabbed and pulled out of the vehicle because the bruises is consistent on her biceps with being and then also picked out of the ditch to be plant uh, put on a stretcher to be taken into the ambulance. Mm. So because of this prosecution comes back because def- of course defense is going to try to make everything. They got an answer for everything. Yeah. So prosecution comes back and they ask their medical examiner could this be consistent with what happened and she said absolutely they asked could her injuries also be consistent with a physical assault or and or strangulation and blunt force trauma and she said absolutely 
Yeah. The problem is, again, this is straight facts. They're not going to blame anybody. They have only the empirical evidence in front of them. So, (laughs) excuse me. Still, Todd insists that the broken hyoid bone is from her having a seizure. And again, you know, the that technically, yes, that could have possibly yeah. happened, but they really don't think so. No. This continues. None of his stories line up. One of the dumbest things he says, they're going back and forth. I just hate this guy in general. The moment I saw him, I just hated him. Because <laughs> he's like got this like grating, as I sound like the way I do right now. He has this like grating, mousy voice and he's just... Uh, he yeah. stutters a lot and <laughs> so anyway um this is his story constantly changes and so one of the times they had asked him like so you mentioned this about the the work orders for the yeah. windshields and he is like yes i did say that and he said so was it a lie and he said no it was not but it wasn't the truth no it was not <laughs> That's a lie. He le- quote, legit quote. This is what if you look. I'm looking right at him in his yeah. court. I watched so much of this court trial. There's yeah. hours and hours and hours of footage because it's insane. Yeah. It's so sad. It is such a freak accident that everybody was like, whoa. I have no idea how I never heard of it. Yeah. Because it's Wisconsin and not the West Coast, I guess. But it's crazy. So anyway, closing arguments finished Thursday, December 17th. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. The 14th. 2017 at about 8 30 in the you know late morning Mm -hmm. i'm so sorry i got weird hiccups (laughs) it's rude (laughs) the jury deliberated until i didn't even know they did this that seems late it's like weird the jury deliberated until just past 9 p.m actually oh and then they came back with a verdict of guilty Mm -hmm. of first degree intentional homicide Mm mm-hmm and the sentencing was scheduled for March 9th of the next year. So he had to be in jail. He was held for quite a while. Uh-huh. And when he was then sentenced, um, he was sentenced to life uh-huh. in prison with the possibility of parole in 30 years. Okay. Um, pretty much what the prosecution um, has tied together is... And literally, there, there's nothing. He stands by his innocence. Uh-huh. They're the what they think, what I've heard, what I've also, um, you know, just in general. I think this was a spur of the moment insanity thing that he did. I think it wasn't planned. I think they were. Then they think this too. They he were they were driving down the road, got into a fight over something. Uh-huh. He beat the holy hell out of her. It's crazy to me, but apparently you can't beat someone with your fist and bust their head open to the skull. Yeah, depends on how hard you hit yeah. them. So he was beating her, probably trying to grab her, probably maybe trying to choke her from over there. And then they think that the scratches on her neck was from her own hands, scratching yeah, at his get, hands, trying to claw yeah. his hands off of her neck. Uh-huh. Um, the bruising on her arms is probably he was probably reaching over and throttling her uh-huh. or grabbing her. They do believe that the medical examiner thinks that the injuries to her mouth could be consistent with being punched, punched directly in the, in the mouth. Yeah. But they don't think so because there's no visible bruising on the outside. Mm. What they think happened is that in the moment that Randy Erler had drove past and he saw the car, that he was smothering her face on the side of the road. Oh. And he was pushing her mouth down so hard because she had, he said on 911 that he had been screaming, that he had been screaming for help. Uh-huh. When Randy Erler drove by, if Todd was screaming for help, he would have, have heard, heard him. it. Yeah. So they think he was just 
choking her and pushing her mouth down to try to kill her, but it didn't work. Uh They honestly have no idea why. Zero idea. There's zero motive. His children, her mother... Uh-huh. All stand behind Todd. What? 100%. The entire community. I have goosebumps. I'm so pissed. Their entire community, both his children, not her own mother. The courtroom was so full with supporters for Todd. I didn't know that it's like a wedding, I guess. Mm-hmm. Defense and prosecution, they'll split up uh-huh. one for one and one for the other. There was so many there for Todd. The only person that was there for Barbara was one cousin. What? One single cousin. And the sad part is that, um, you know, abuse is never what people think it is. No. And it could be, it doesn't it have been... to be, no, people don't tell, not even your no. best friend, pe- not even your mom sometimes, you talk to every day. Yeah, sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's not. No, Some sometimes it could be so it. verbal. He may have never hurt her in their entire 20, I think they were together 20, 30 years from mm-hmm. 16 to 47. Yeah, yeah, almost 30 years. So they think he just snapped one day. Maybe. And so... Um, unfortunately, because of this, uh, he had set up, um, he tried to get a retrial. They tried to get a retrial. I believe I fudged it up because there were so many notes I kept adding in. It was Mm -hmm. really recent though. I think it was 20 or 21. Like it just happened. Okay. And, um, his children were there for him and, uh, he got like one of the top defense attorneys. I didn't watch this show, but he got the guy that defended the guy from making a murderer. Oh, that guy. Okay. I guess so. Yeah. Somebody famous. I didn't watch that show. I did. Um, and so, uh, it's not working out, but we're still waiting to hear back. Like nothing has happened for that. So the reality is the reason he has the possibility of parole is because technically they can't prove it. It's very unfortunate, but they cannot 100% 100 without a shadow of a freaking doubt prove Mm -hmm. it. And um, it's just insane because it's like if he killed her somewhere else, which like the timeline lines up, I don't think so. I think her bruises on her biceps was him grabbing her. Oh, I'm so sorry. One part I didn't because I didn't write it down. There was also evidence showing that at one point she was slumped over into the driver's side, like across the console. So she like fell over and he didn't even like go to like, you know what I mean? If someone was starting to fall over, I'd probably run back and like grab him. So I think the bruising on her bicep was him dragging her very forcefully out of the vehicle. Yeah. So this is so long, but we've done this before. I do not want to leave it off on this fucking asshole. (laughs) And I'm so ashamed of his family. That kills me inside. So I want to talk a little bit about Barbara. Okay. So Barbara loved to garden. It was like her favorite thing to do. She really, they didn't need the money. She Uh really loved being a cafeteria lunch lady. Uh And I'll tell you, one of the nicest lunch ladies, I, one of the nicest women I knew in elementary school, period, was the lunch lady. Yep. I remember my lunch lady. They're like everybody's auntie, grandma, mama. They're precious. I remember the lunch lady because we had um, our cafeteria. It was like a little you. Mm -hmm. And um, so you'd go to the cooler and you'd pick out your like carton of milk or whatever and then yeah. you get your tray and then you walk around and then you get your food and then you go to the lady that's there and you give them your like student number yeah. or whatever um 
and she was always so sweet. Mm-hmm. She remembered always me, nice and yeah. it's crazy. They literally do. She, they memorize like, five hundred and fifty. Yes, it's she didn't know everybody's, but like I ate at the cafeteria you know every breakfast like. and nice. lunch. Yeah, um, because we got like the free yeah. breakfast lunch, and so yeah, they do that here sense. now, which is super cool. Yeah, and so I had breakfast and lunch there, and so she knew me because there wasn't a lot of kids that did that mm. breakfast mm-hmm. um, there. But yeah, there I could have totally my school either. Huh? I said there wasn't at my school. Not a lot of kids have yeah, breakfast at I my did, school either. Yeah, I did because... Um, Those little box cereals are so cute. I know. Yeah, So, adorable. yeah, I could totally picture For her. For sure. She like was a... so happy and well-loved. She loved those babies at that middle school. And mm. we know teenagers are difficult. And so yeah. she was very middle loved. Middle school's tough. <laughs> yes. She had a super, super special loving connection to animals. She really loved... She'll rescue anything. She had donkeys. <laughs> And some chickens. Why does she sound like me? Because (laughs) she had some donkeys and chickens. Because she just loved animals. Anything she could. She had everything. They had dogs and cats. and They really did. They couldn't. She couldn't just have it. Shaking. (laughs) She couldn't just leave it. So she really, really loved these animals. And she was super active and really outdoorsy. She really loved camping. And she loved crafts. Mm -hmm. And um, she loved to snowmobile oh <laughs> like she was a super cool lady and she was a really really amazing grammy to her oh. one grandchild oh it's poor barbara yeah what a ridiculous mess that is insane i well with all the evidence that you were telling me i definitely oh absolutely I'm like, come on no you know with these freak the glass, accidents the blood, happen but the, this is not yeah the fact that the pipe was in the trunk there had right there. yeah there's something those weird three things to... right there mm-hmm. oh no with the fourth the hyoid bone yeah you don't break you a hyoid bone um Mm-mm. just like slamming into something no a hyoid, I don't think so. the hyoid bone is like really hard to like it's and there would have been a bruise from her cup there yeah. would have been some kind yeah, of yeah there would have been that they could line up yeah so yeah yeah wow that's so sad i know and it's just it's so freaking bananas to me this insane the scariest part, the scariest part is he seems like a such a meek, I call them bitch tits, <laughs> such a meek, frail dude. And this timeline, this shit happened in less than 10 minutes. He came up with this Scenario monstrous his- plan that fast. And that is so scary. I kind of think he probably had thought about it Maybe. before. And I'm also wondering, he never said anything. It's so weird out of all these things they never said, but... I'm wondering, quote unquote, you know, like, could he, could he, did he try to explain? Sorry. If I sat and watched, I believe it was like four hours of his interrogation is on YouTube. I probably Uh would find it, but his voice makes me want to choke him. Uh But maybe he said it there. But I'm wondering if he probably was like, oh, well, I went to the trunk to try to see if I had a rag or any kind of first aid kit. Yeah. I got rust. That's plausible. Yeah, but there was no Never, I, and I really want to been brought up in the defense. Yes, and so I'm probably going to I'm like I need to know am I going to watch the whole thing? Oh, I that's did. a lot. Yeah, it's a lot cuz I think there's like 9 hours of trial. Yeah. But it's fucked up. Yeah, it is. Wow. wow. I got like this was insane. Like of course we deep dive all of these, but this was the craziest I've heard of and yeah. like the old ones are crazy, but this is like Wow. I can't believe his family. I know that's that's I get it though like a psychologist one of the the one of I think I'll put it in my sources because it's really good too oh and yes I will because I'm gonna 
not quote him, but generally what he said, he had such a good point. More than likely, he's not going to get parole because part of parole is showing remorse and he uh-huh. refuses to take um, accountability for what happened. Yeah. So there's a really good factor of that possibly. But 30 years, he's yeah. going to be, okay, he was 46. He was 47 by the time it happened. 30 years, he's going to be 77. That's still 10, 15, who knows how long yeah. he could get out. That is crazy. So he could. I mean, maybe, you know, I don't know. I'm sorry. That's okay, crazy. I'm going to die. We have to go. <laughs> well, you did really good. Thank you. So, you did too. Yeah. We, we got both. Like, like one of our longest episodes. <laughs> we both really got into it. <laughs> so with that, stay crafty. And not cry me your coffee. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye.